0: Welcome back to Forward Progress here on the Hammer Betting Network. Today, we're going to be talking about the NFL quarterback signings from this past week, how they're going to impact the teams moving forward, and what the betting markets now look like because of those signings. Rob Pizzola joined by Fabian Somer. Suma, big day, big week in the NFL. Lamar Jackson gets the tag, finally. It was kind of thought that this was going to happen Baltimore gives them the non-exclusive franchise tag so he will cost the Ravens 32 million in 2023 they have until July 17th to reach a multi-year extension with him but in a like weird turn of events or just the you know the non-exclusive tag he's free to negotiate with other teams in free agency if he signs an offer sheet from another team the Ravens will have five days to match it and they would get two first round picks. In return, let's start with that. I feel like the two first round picks in return is just going to essentially be a deal breaker for any other team at this point. I'm not sure what your thoughts are, but my belief in Lamar Jackson getting moved or being with another team now at this point is much smaller than it was a week ago.
1: I don't think that the two first round picks are a deal breaker, but rather at least it sounds like uh, is that Lamar Jackson has the, um, let's say wish for a fully guaranteed contract. Yes. And it, it seems like there is some kind of collusion going on right now where NFL owners got, got really mad at the Browns for giving Deshaun Watson that kind of fully guaranteed contract. And it seems like they are blackballing Lamar Jackson right now, because to be honest, when you told me yesterday that the Ravens are going to put the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar, I would have bet that there will be like three or four offers already on his table in the evening, especially at the Falcons. The Falcons have the third most cap space. Um, they got an offense where they can plug and play Lamar Jackson easily. Um, they have two great receivers, a decent run-blocking O-line. They have no quarterback on the roster outside of Desmond Ridder, so that would be a no-brainer, in my opinion, to go after Lamar Jackson. But I think there's just a situation right now where the league does not want to offer any fully guaranteed contracts, and they're probably assuming that this is what Lamar Jackson is willing to to sign up for. Uh, going back to the two first-round picks, I don't think that should be a big issue when you can get a franchise-type quarterback for Lamar Jackson because Russell Wilson went for two firsts, two seconds, mm-hmm. a fifth-round pick, and I think Shelby Harris and uh, Noah Fant. And I would argue that Lamar Jackson right now is more valuable at age 26 or 25 than Russell Wilson at age 33. And it's also interesting that teams need, teams need to give up their own first-round picks. For example, if the Lions would Make an offer for Lamar Jackson, they would not lose their sixth overall pick. So I think that the compensation is not a big issue. But I'm really, really surprised that teams are not trying to go hard after Lamar Jackson, especially the teams like the Falcons or the Lions, who could easily pay the, pay that contract and also front load it so that the Ravens cannot match it um, because they would have a, a too big of a cap hit in 2023.
0: What do you make of the odds right now to win uh, the AFC North? So this is courtesy of Bet Stamp, which you can download on your mobile app or check out the site betstamp.app. And we just have a line comparison here from three separate sportsbooks. Mm-hmm. But it feels to me like the Ravens are like at this in-between number, so to yeah. speak, where I mean, if you if you bet plus two seventy-five and Lamar Jackson ends up signing a long-term extension with the Ravens, you're laughing at that point. But yeah. If it's plus two seventy five and Lamar Jackson ends up in another destination like Atlanta or Detroit, then they're probably going to drop. I would guess to the worst number in the division, depending on who the starting quarterback is next year, or right in around that range. Do you think that there's anything to do with this type of market? Um, like, like, it, what's your gut feeling in, in terms of whether or not Lamar Jackson starts a game for the Ravens next year?
1: My gut feeling is. Is that it's a little bit higher than 50%, but I would still not rule out anything because there are about three or four, three months now that another team can basically um, make him an offer. And I mean, so many things could happen actually. Like, there's also the opportunity that they cannot really um, get to a new contract in Baltimore, and he might be sitting out some games or whatever. I I don't know. So um, right now, the problem is that all the other prices are also correlated with the Ravens being in between. For example, if Lamar does go to the NFC, the the Steelers' odds would drop, the uh, Browns' odds would drop, and Ravens would go higher, and Ravens would probably have a first-round pick where they can select a rookie quarterback or something like that. So really, nothing to do there right now with the uncertainty, in my opinion.
0: Okay, we had one signing and two other re-signings this week. I'm going to start with the signing because I think there's applications from what we were just talking about with Lamar Jackson. So Derek Carr goes to the New Orleans Saints. He signs a four-year deal, 150 million. 100 million of that is guaranteed. And we see the updated odds. New Orleans moved from about plus 220, best price in market, to plus 140 to win the NFC South which I think is a fair move just based off of the fact that they upgrade at quarterback. Personally, I don't like the move for the saints altogether because that's a lot of guaranteed money for, in my opinion, a slightly above average quarterback when new Orleans, again, in my opinion, just does not have a super bowl caliber roster right now. And I think that this is the division, or if if you're looking at like early futures markets for next year, where you could potentially find some value if we can get that Lamar Jackson to Atlanta type of trade or Carolina acquires a quarterback where now all of a sudden I I like Carolina's roster maybe a little bit better than New Orleans roster and, and you can get them at plus 275. So I'm curious your thoughts on the car signing altogether and if there's anything to do in the NFC South right now in terms of division winner.
1: Uh, to quote, to quote our friend uh, Placive Analytics, when there's uncertainty, you want to go with the with the highest odds, and I think I mean the Bucks could still do some stuff at quarterback, even though I don't really like their overall roster or at least where the roster is heading and their coaching staff. Um, the Falcons with Lamar Jackson, I mean, what would they be like? Top three NFC odds. Yeah, I would I would say
0: immediately overnight, top three.
1: Yeah. Like maybe Philly's offense is still better in that case. Maybe the Niners, depending on, on who's quarterback, but I think you can make a strong case that the Falcons would be at near the top of the NFC or of a weak NFC. Um, give me Frank Reich with a guy like CJ Stroud, who is supposed to be a pluck and play quarterback in, in a great scheme who, who can distribute the ball. I would probably take them at those odds or over you New know, Orleans easily.
0: I think there's an upside with every other team in the NFC South because Carolina is likely going to find itself a quarterback. Now, honestly, if they do it through the draft and they do trade up in the draft, they probably have to surrender a guy like Brian Burns to do so, which is going to hurt their overall roster. I'm not so enthused on the Carolina odds, but Atlanta to me makes a lot of sense. Like we saw Desmond Ritter play last year, Maybe they just maybe they think they're too far away as a roster uh, overall to compete this year, and they're not going to make the Lamar Jackson move. But I feel like there's upside with the Falcons at this price, considering what they might do here. Tampa Bay, I think there's just upside because they got rid of Byron Leftwich as their offensive coordinator, (laughs) and who knows what happens now with with a new look offense. Lenny Fournette got cut as well, so uh, I think this is an interesting division altogether. But I I I don't. I don't think the Saints should have made this move. I get why they did it, but that's that's a lot of money. And, I mean, they're not a competitor, in my opinion.
1: So the way that Andy Dalton has played last year, they're basically getting Dalton at, at a bigger price right now, I would argue. So Derek Carr is, is in the tier in that, let's say, 11 to 15 range, in my opinion. And Dalton last year at times played like that kind of quarterback. So I don't really think that the Saints are getting a huge upgrade, but they're also um, paying a quarterback like a lot of money now with a roster that is already in, in, in absolute cap hell. And I just don't see how they're going to be like better than a eight and nine, nine, nine and eight kind of team next year.
0: You know, I, I, I agree. They do have an easy schedule next year based off of the last year's records, right? Which we, we don't know if that means an easy yeah. schedule or not until we see the finalized rosters, but let's like, let's look at the NFC. So San Fran, Philly, obviously the two best teams. I think Dallas will probably take a step back yeah. overall Detroit. Yes, but you know, they're good, but they still, they still have a lot of holes on the roster that I'd like to see what they do in free agency to round those out completely the rest of the teams New Orleans is lumped in with Green Bay might trade Aaron Rodgers, the Rams. I mean, they're pretty depleted. They're going to get Matt Stafford back, but, and Cooper Cup back the Vikings coming off a, you know, pretty lucky year. Maybe the NFC is more up for grabs than I originally anticipated. With that said, I still think that there's just a huge gap between those top two teams and everyone else going into the season.
1: Yes. I would agree. Um, I mean, if, if the Saints are going to be a, a, a let's say eight and nine, eight and nine and eight uh, team on paper with an easy schedule, they could easily grab a wildcard spot and easily grab, grab the division win and probably lose lose against a better team in the playoffs. Um, but just looking at the table, I mean, man, Falcons with Lamar Jackson, like easily ahead of Dallas.
0: I agree. Kyle Pitts would would have a monster year. Yeah, just a, a, an absolute monster year. Um, the two re-signings this week: Daniel Jones, four years, 160 million, with the Giants. It's, it's a lot of cheddar for Dan. Imagine before the the start of last year, if someone told you that Daniel Jones was going to sign a four-year, 160 million dollar extension, I would have laughed them out of the room. Uh, the C- in the same boat, the Seahawks re-signed Geno Smith, three years, 105 million. Do you like either of these moves for these teams?
1: I like the Geno Smith move a lot more than I do with the Daniel Jones move because Geno Smith is basically a two-year contract, uh, basically front-loaded without a big cap hit in 2023. So I think that um, when it comes to the draft, everything's on, ta- on the table for the Seahawks. I think this is a contract that will not keep them away from picking a quarterback if someone falls into that lap. And I'm just thinking about Anthony Richardson, who supposedly needs to sit a year. don't know if that's true or not. But at least that's what uh, several people have been telling us uh, since since the combine. So Anthony Richardson would like fit perfectly sitting behind Geno Smith for a year and then maybe start over. Um, So I don't really hate that because the Seahawks needed to do something at quarterback and now they like ha- have zero pressure at that position they can enter next year in a in a weak division and they will probably compete in that division and they can still pick their quarterback um, daniel jones man <laughs> that's also a two-year contract basically because i think that he will have like 70 or 80 million guaranteed um, over the on over the first two years so so the giants will probably get out of that contract after two years without too much uh, dead cap. But I still think there's that, that that contract is not really justified. Um, I like Daniel Jones in that scheme of, of Brian Dable, um, but I don't see the upside or the seeding with him. The Giants might do something um, at wide right receiver, even though we are looking at a very bad free agency, free agency class and probably the, the worst wide right receiver class in the draft since 2018 or something. They they have to do something there, but it's still that, in my opinion, cap ceiling with, with Daniel Jones. Like, if you tell me that the Giants will be down ten points in the wildcard round and then Daniel Jones really has to has to orchestrate a comeback from behind, I would not want that quarterback in that situation. The one
0: thing about Daniel Jones is that he's still only twenty five years old. So you're going to get him through the prime years of his career right now on this contract. But the challenge I have is that the Giants are lacking talent in too many different places right now. Wide receiving core, outside of of left tackle, their offensive line was a disaster last year. Uh, They had tons of cornerback injuries where they're going to have to strengthen the secondary. Like overall, they're just missing too many pieces. And what's going to happen is – this is going to prevent them from being able to bring in those pieces at some point or another yeah, through free yeah. agency, right? They're going to have to hit through the draft, and with Daniel Jones, they're not going to fall off a cliff in all likelihood. They're going to be a middling team, and the market reflects that, right? Like the Giants are still—you can still find the Giants plus six fifty to win the division, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Th- there's just not a lot of faith in this team to progress forwards. And personally. I, I think this was a big mistake for the organization. It's not it's not a, a shot at Daniel Jones, but I think for what these teams in the NFL need to do is just pick, like, are we good enough to compete for a championship? If we are, then we're going to sign this quarterback. If not, sorry, you got to go in free agency and we're just going to have a couple of rough years. And I think that the Giants should have went with that. The Seahawks one is interesting as well because I think they're in the same boat in the sense that, Geno Smith, like he had a better year than Derek Carr last year. He's getting less money. I would have loved Geno Smith on some other teams who who have the roster that they just need a quarterback in place that can compete. It doesn't make a ton of sense for me for the Seahawks because the Seahawks have some good young talent. Like their roster could, could progress next year, but they're still too far away where I thought they'd just be better off frankly trying to draft and develop a quarterback or getting like a career journeyman. And if they have a bad season next year, who cares? Like they're built yeah. with good talent. They improve their draft stock for the following year. That division is, you know, San Fran and the Rams, I think are still ahead of Seattle. It just feels like weird moves for two middling teams, essentially.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, Pete Carroll is how many years old? Like a <laughs> Yeah. Maybe he's thinking, I don't want to do any kind of rebuild or something like that. We will take our quarterback at five and if he booms, then okay. If not, we're going to roll with Trino with Smith. Maybe that's an angle there. Um, yeah, but I mean, the NFC West, we have, we have the Cardinals who are an absolute dumpster with our mm-hmm. Murray next year. I think Kyler will not be ready before some time in October, and then he will probably be limited with his legs. Uh, the Rams are resetting right now. The Rams are resetting for the next decade, basically. <laughs> basically, yeah. No picks. <laughs> <laughs> the Niners could start Trey Lance in week one. Don't know whether Brock Purdy is going to be back. So we are looking at a division where even a very young Seahawks team with Geno Smith could probably be competing for a wild cut spot again.
0: From, from that sense, I, I get it. And you get into the playoffs, you have a chance. And if you know if we look at the NFC odds again, it's it's pretty top heavy. And both the teams at the top have question marks. What you mentioned, San Fran, Philly, I don't know if people realize how many defensive players yeah. they have to re-sign or are going to lose in the offseason. You could see a drop-off. So from that point of view, I do think that the Giants and Seahawks are at the bottom of that list. And as I scroll down, you know, you get into Carolina, Washington, Tampa, like Seattle shouldn't be, pro- Seattle should be priced better than these teams, significantly better than these teams in my opinion. But I still think that they're, you know, I, I think, I think that there's a, a tried tested and true formula in the NFL for what it takes to build a, a team. And people saw the Rams break this formula with Matt Stafford a couple years ago. And I don't think that's going to happen again. Like the Rams mortgaged their entire future and essentially went on like a playoff run where, you know, won a close game against San Francisco, won a close game in the Super Bowl against Cincinnati. And people think they can replicate that. I think you either got to know you have an elite quarterback and lock them up long-term. And if they're not, you got to go cheap at quarterback and develop them and get them in on the rookie deal. And because of that, I think both of these signings are mistakes, even though the NFC, I guess, is wide open next year.
1: Yeah, fair enough, agree. We...
0: Yep. This has been Forward Progress on the Hammer Betting Network, NFL quarterback signings and reactions. If you do like this video, we've got more content coming out over the course of the next month or so. A lot of it will be free agency. A lot of it will be draft coverage, including Friday, where we'll have oh, an episode yes. on the draft reacting to the combine overall. Uh, improvements betting markets how they're being shaped right now so make sure you subscribe to this channel for progress and of course if you do like the content that me and suma put out here today smash that like button for progress here on the hammer betting network we'll catch you later on in the movie.